Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey and you're listening to the guys of Coppin Frackers. Good morning, good evening, and hello, and welcome to the world's greatest LFC podcast. It is Copper Fracas, powered by Touchline Media Group. I am your host, as always, Mr. Krish, on the hosting chair, as per usual. Uh, today, I am joined by some of the best members on Copper that we have. You're probably thinking, he says this week in, week out, but I mean it every week, week in, week out, because the, 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 the rotation of cast that we have is just sensational. It's brilliant. We love to see it. Um, I've got Julian, I've got Mark, and I have got David. Gentlemen, how are you doing this evening as we record? I'm well, thank you, Rich. Well, I see you got the NWO shirt, you know, in a couple weeks you're about to turn the hill with us. Don't worry, <laughs> got you, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm dropping the tease just in case um, people are wondering. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, after the conversation that we had on the two-man power trip last week... Um, Thank you, everyone, for your kind words on, on the pod that me and Julian did last week. Um, yeah, man, you've pulled me into the neutral zone, so I'm kind of waiting to see you at the moment. I'm doing the heel. I'm doing the worry, tease. Man. Don't so, worry, man. Everyone's asking for an invitation, man. Ask Kevin Nash just. Don't worry about it. We'll call you. Don't worry about it. Don't call us. We'll call you. Elite, elite promos. Dave, how you doing today? Not too bad, man. I can't complain at all. Just chilling. How are you, man? I'm very good, thank you. I'm very good. It's been a been a stressful couple of days. Um, there was a presentation I was supposed to give up work next week, which uh, I ended up having to deliver today. Only being told yesterday that I had to deliver it today. So that was a, that was fun cobbling together. Um, but you know, it went down well, and I got all the budget that I needed for this new project. So we move and we continue. Um, Mark, how are you doing, brother? Long I'm time good. no see. Good I'm to good. have you. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, man. But yeah, I'm good. Um, Chilling, just trying to enjoy the vibes. Obviously, Liverpool aren't really giving me too much to scream and shout about, but we move, man. We move. No, it is. It's a um, very, it's a weird one here at Coppin Coppin Towers. Um, there's not really that much to talk about, so um, we're a little bit we're not scrambling for the content, but you know we are kind of going for all the low hanging fruit that we possibly can. And if you know us here at Coppin, it's one thing that we don't particularly like to do. We like to kind of get stuck into all the issues and all the stuff that's going on, but quite frankly, there's not that much going on. But there's enough for us to record pods, which is the most important thing. And thankfully, we had some fantastic news drop today that Liverpool's 
defensive maestro, defensive midfield maestro. Fabinho has signed a new contract. He's now tied down until 2026, which is fantastic news, which goes along with the news that Liverpool's star boy, number 66, the lord of the manor, Trent Alexander-Arnold, also signed a long-term contract extension at the club. Um, Mark, I'll come to you first and foremost. We'll start off on Fab. Um yeah. I think that's just fact. She's fantastic news, fantastic footballer. He's uh, very key to what we do in the midfield. Um, and hopefully he's playing in midfield and not centre-back going forward. Yeah, which is extremely important for us, as you saw towards the end of the season. When he moves back into midfield, he can dictate games, he can shut down opposition, he can cover channels, he can pass through lines. He is one of the best say, defensive midfielders to me in the game at the moment. And being able to lock him down until 2026, I believe, an extra five years is magnificent for us. That means he'll be with us until he's about 32. And then we can start succession planning. Hopefully, it'll be someone like Graven Birch or the ilk of Bellingham that we can bring in to understudy him and learn from the best in the trade. Um, and it'll set us up really well going forward. I think locking down these players is really important to us because they are getting into their prime years. 27 is when you tend to see the best football from certain, well, from most footballers, from the majority of footballers, from about 27 to 29, where they're at peak physicality, but they haven't quite hit the drop-off where they lose that speed yet. Um, with Brazilians, we know that's always caveated, um, but Fabinho seems to be holding up in good stead. Um, at 29, he's still able to cover ground. He isn't the quickest, but he gets around the pitch in the way that Fabinho does so well. Um, Mr. Lighthouse, you know, he tends to be the person that we look to when it comes to defensive stability and to break down teams from deep. Obviously, Thiago is going to have a full season with us, hopefully, barring no injuries. So maybe that will ease some of the pressure from Fabinho trying to break down lines from deeper. And they have a really, really nice partnership. As you saw towards the end of the season, again, you could see how Thiago was literally just beaming with confidence as he played beside Fabinho because he knew Fabinho would be able to do all of that defensive work for him and allow him the time when the ball needed and was able to pick him in the right spaces as well. So I feel like that's an amazing, even in addition, I'm going to say signing, but that's an amazing renewal for us. No, 100%. I mean, Dave, I'll come to you next. I mean, when we signed him, we signed him in what was a very dark hour when you think about it, kind of so close to the Champions League final where we lost in such dramatic fashion. And that was one of the, like, weirdly enough, it was kind of like a lighthouse moment when you think about it. It was that kind of shining light in the distance that kind of gives you hope of what will be going on in the, in the future. I didn't mean that to be so poetic, by the way, just just how it came about. But you look at how, you know, obviously we signed him for about £44 million and how he's evolved as a footballer um, since he's been in the club has been nothing short of phenomenal. Yeah, it's basically just echoing what Marco said, isn't it? But what Fabinho's offer since he's come in has been nothing short of remarkable. The fact that he's been so adept in performing in what two two positions last season, both centre back and defensive midfield, and the previous two seasons he's basically performing at like a ridiculous level at defensive midfield. Like you would argue that he's comfortably one of the best defensive midfielders in the world. What he, the way he's he enabled us to press from the front in such a manner whereby, what you're talking about, if you compare, if you compare when you're playing centre back last season to the uh, the performance we managed to churn out when he moved into midfield, it yeah. shows just just how important he's been 
to this football club since he's come in. And the fact that we get, what, four or five more years of it, you can't complain. No, 1,000%. And it's, it's, it's so good. I'm just going to read a few quotes from, um, from, from what you told the Liverpool website. Um, I'm delighted to have signed a new contract with the club. Since the beginning of the conversation, I was really positive about it because it's what I wanted. Staying in this club keep and keep playing for Liverpool. Now this is official and I'm really happy. These last three seasons, I've been, I've been really happy here. I've learned a lot with the manager, with all the staff, with the boys as well. We achieve things together and for me, I think it's the best place to be. The best place to keep growing, to keep learning from the staff, from the boys. Hopefully we can keep achieving good things. Julian, when you hear kind of Fabinho talk like that, um, talk about the club in such a good manner, talk about the squad in such a good manner as well. And that's one thing we, we we always say about these lads. They're a good group of lads. They're a really likeable group of group of footballers. Um, one or two aside when they do piss us off. Uh, <laughs> just, just some of the antics they did pulling games. Um, but it's just good to show that it goes to show you that if you bring these footballers through the door, um, they can really grow and develop here at Anfield, at Liverpool, and just go go and kick on to be world class footballers. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though um, I do, I, we must admit that Fabinho was a highly targeted talent before he even came. Um, and like the fact that he got for forty, that he was gone for forty four, we got him for forty four million is quite. It's crazy. crazy, yeah, crazy. Considering even at the time where he was, you know, um, next to Bakayoko, one of the top top DMs that was on everyone's lips because of that um that amazing Monaco season. But then the season after, they managed selling him to us, and we got it done quite early. So it makes me happy. Um, we got about twenty four. It's, it's amazing what you can do when you do transfers early. Um, yeah, we'll crazy. Come that later on. But um, yeah, we got him at twenty four, and it's amazing to see like at twenty seven, three years later, that we, you know. Um, are, are renewing in the renewing his contract, and even him speaking about how his journey has 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 been better, but the best the best thing for his career. Um, we've as we mentioned before in the last in the last pod, um, we've mentioned that when we have stars at Liverpool, it never feels like they're comfortable. We're never too comfortable when they're when they're around. Um, um, you know, there's always because um, we're always in, we're not at the top of the food chain. They're always looking, looking over their shoulder for Barcelona or Real Madrid or a, or a, or a Chelsea or a, or or anyone else. Um, but these group of players, they really, they're really committed to the cause. Um, you can even see it by um, some of the jokes that he makes. You know, trying to get, learn a bit of scouse. Um, even um, in some of the games, the intensity and the passion that he has for actually for playing for Liverpool. You saw in the Barcelona game where he was. He, where he took it personally, um, you know, Suarez celebrating against us and was, was really getting stuck in the game. Um, but yeah, man, it, it makes me ha- it makes me happy um, to, to that we've extended these con- these this contract and yeah, he's going to be the DM going forward and we're going to get a good four more years of a world class DM before we even have to think about um, moving on. So yeah, I, I'm really happy. One thousand percent, and it's just, it's just great to hear. And of course. I have to mention the young king himself signing a contract extension, but it kind of came out of the blue, really. Um, didn't even didn't, didn't even have an inclination that talks were going on. Obviously, Trent, the, not even that it was even in doubt um, that he would be kind of thinking about going anywhere else. But obviously, Trent signed a new long-term contract that will keep him at Liverpool as well. Um, when you think about Mark, I'll come to you actually on this. When you think about Trent's development and what more he can achieve in these next five years. What, what what do you think the actual roadmap is for Trent in these next five years? Because when when he signed that contract extension, you know, when, when Squawker and all the other kind of accounts do the list of achievements that he's already had at such a young age, it's actually crazy to think about how much he's achieved, both on a 
team level and more importantly on an individual level as well. So what do you think the roadmap is for his continued development in these next kind of five years or so? I think my first sentence is going to say, well, Trent, the future captain. Um, as you can tell, he's already been touted for that captaincy role for Liverpool. Everybody speaks so highly of him. And I feel like he may be made the fourth captain um, for the upcoming season. Um, Trent has come on leaps and bounds. I remember seeing him quite a while ago and it was defensively naive kids. Um, I feel like this past season, he's improved so much defensively. It hasn't really been noticeable, in my opinion, because of the two centre-backs he's had to play alongside. That has been a rotational basis, whether that will be Fabinho and Henderson or that will be Reese Williams and Nat Phillips or whoever was put in that slot at that time. Um, and he's been able to cover for them. He's been able to like make those runs around the back and make sure that the mistakes weren't too drastic, even though we played some terrible football in that period and we had some terrible results. There was a lot of good to see from Trent. And then towards the back end of the season, he literally took some of it on his back. And you could tell that there's a lot of responsibility on his shoulders and he likes that. He enjoys the fact that people just give him the ball and expect him to make things happen. And he has the ability to do so. He's able to pick a pass. He's able to create chances from nothing. And again, I don't think there's that many players in world football today, maybe in seasons past, but in world football today, there's not many players that can play make from right back. And... For to be so young and to have that much responsibility and to have that much talent is quite ridiculous. I don't think it's a question whether he was a star boy or not. I feel like he has been for quite some time. I feel like he is going to be world class. I don't think he is at the moment. I feel like there's still more facets of his game that he can improve. Um, but which, which, so, so, so which assets do you think of his game do you need to, does he need to improve to be, okay. to be world class? Because you could argue at the position already, he's one of the top Three players at right back. I would like to think so. For the sake of ops, I always downplay it, and I say, you know what? Arguably top five, or arguably top ten, because there are being a defensive. So being a right back, obviously we don't play defensively, but being a right back, the first aspect of your game that you're going to get looked at is defending, and I feel like his one-on-one defending is improving. But there's still a bit more to be desired. He's bulked up a bit over preseason. So maybe he's got a little bit more pace and a little bit more strength to deal with those opposing wingers. But at this moment in time, I feel like he can't be touted as world class when some teams still try and target him. I feel like teams tend to target a lot of right sides in general. It just depends on where their best player tends to be and where their most explosive one on one player tends to be. But for us at the moment, people tend to target Trent, even though I believe, not including last season, but Robertson's side conceded more goals. And that's the side of Van Dijk and Robertson. Um, but being that it is Trent and Trent is looked at under a lot more scrutiny because he isn't the fastest, he isn't the strongest, and he's quite young. He needs to just shore up that one-on-one defensive aspect and... I think his defensive position is quite good, but it can improve slightly more just so he doesn't get caught out. Being that he has, he isn't the fastest or strongest, he needs to just position himself a little bit better so he's able to deal with those wingers. Um, but I think those are the two main facets of his game. That If he does improve, then we're talking about one of the best right-backs that Liverpool have ever seen. Um, Julian, David, piggybacking up on what Marco said there, do you, do you kind of agree that uh, that's what Trent needs to do to become world-class? Or would you argue that... Um, for all the aspects that he has, he's already world class at that position. 
Yeah, um, I'm just going to have to disagree with Marco. Like, I think at this point in time, is he's almost irrefutably world-class. I, I, I get the point that he still has game aspects of his game that he needs to refine, but I think, but I, what you're talking about, the age of 22, I think there's no 22-year-old in world football, bar possibly Mbappe, who really does, who doesn't have aspects of their game that he needs to refine. I'm sure in if you look throughout history, most world-class players, most players, players who are world-class at 22, they still had aspects of their game which weren't necessarily deemed perfect. And considering the nature of Trent's game, I feel that he's always, he's always going to have, uh, he's always going to be a, like a point of target for opposition teams. And just because of the good nature of the, um, the fact that his partners has always been significantly weaker than the player who plays on the than the player who plays on the left side of centre back. So in this season, we can say his partner was that he, he was playing next to the likes of Nat Phillips, Reese Williams, and whatnot. So it, it was it's almost inevitable that the team, the opposition team, were going to target him. But I feel that. If you look at especially that that last two three months of the season, where the form the form he was displaying, uh, uh, like week in week out, you both from an attacking perspective and defensive perspective, you 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 can't really argue about like he stays as a world class player. I think you're talking about a player who I think he only got dribble pass once in the last two two months of the season. So like for the, for all the critique about the defensive aspect of his play. We're talking about a player who's definitely significantly improved in terms of his one v one defending. His his positional defending has improved immeasurably, and you're you're looking at a player who's now on the cusp of talking to talking to the greats. Like so, like hopefully in the next few years. Okay, let me let me, let me backtrack. Let me backtrack right now. But hopefully in the next few years, you're talking about a player who's looking at the greats of the likes of Daniel Alves, Danny Alves, Philip Lam, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, yeah, I, I I agree with David as well. Um, I, I I think it's we're in a weird time where the quality of right backs um, and what the what makes a world class right back has changed compared to what it was before. Um, before it was more of on the, on the of the defensive side of obviously being a defending uh, def- a player in the defence. Um, but nowadays, you know, the, the attacking prowess and being able to beat Trent, um, dear. Um, and Trent is actually one of the best, is literally or the best in the world at that. Um, so, I, from what I call world class, I, I personally feel like you know we're we're starving of of you know real world class right backs that are you know both both you know um, great defensively, um, defensively especially first and offensively they're able to they're able to help out. Um, but yeah, not to see Trent though. Um, he's got a lot of time, man. Like, I'm, I'm happy that he's, he's locked down his contract. Um, even now, I feel like he's put um, a lot of players, even still, are put under a microscope. Um, but they're 22. No one's going to be the finished article at 22. Like, um, there's a lot of players out there that we um hold in high regards. Um, you know, the, as as David mentioned, the Philip Lams, the Danny Alves is um even a lot of uh, like you know a lot of players. Um, you you never um do do we know what they were doing at twenty two? That the mistakes that they were making were they put under a microscope? Was there so many agendas um to kind of you know get at what at their faults? Um, I doubt there was. You know, we let these players grow, so I feel like that definitely needs to happen with Trent as well. Um, and he has the time. Literally, twenty literally twenty two years old. Um, he's gonna get better. He's got his understanding of the game will get better. So all of these um things, I pers- that's why I'm not, never fearful when. He get, when I criticize him or when he gets criticized because you learn these things positioning 
and defending and you know game experience. It, it comes with it comes with years of experience. So we'll, we'll definitely see we'll definitely see a better trend over the years more than you know him declining and not, and not being the best um, over time. And he definitely gets to the point where he's the best in the world for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you like to think the defensive aspects of his game would um, would kind of I guess revert to norm if not improve with the centre-back pairing next to him not being consistently rotated uh, week in, week out, as it was last season, because good Lord, we were starving. I made the joke quite a lot last season that we were, and again, one injury away from Ellis or Glam starting at centre-back. So that was a uh, fun times for everyone involved, really, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at kind of the situation that Trent is in, it's a weird one because he's at such a high plateau at such a young age that it's, when you feel like you've picking at places that he can grow his game, it feels really nitpicky to say that, oh, he can improve with this, this and this when he's so accomplished at what he does at this age. But no, I think I think there was some really good points there from Mark as well, but I, I completely agree with what, what all you guys said today as well as too. But um, it's going to be interesting um, in terms of contract stuff because obviously we know that Liverpool are looking to try and extend Alisson as well. I reckon that will be done fairly soon. Um, but of course, they're looking to try and extend Virgil van Dijk, Mohamed Salah and Andy Robertson at the same time too. Um, I guess that doesn't bode well for the captain who is also looking for a contract extension. Um, whether that gets resolved, time will yet to be seen. Um, just a quick round, Robin. Do you all think that Henderson should be given a new contract? Yes. But it should be phased now. He shouldn't be an integral cog in our midfield. Milner he should basically be given a Milner role. Right, thank you. Dave? Yeah, like I said, undoubtedly, you're talking about everything we've achieved over the past two years. Henderson has been an instrument in, in that regard. So I feel, I feel at this point in time, it's almost like, out of, like a sign of respect that you, yeah. you, you feel obliged to give him a new contract. Maybe not to the like. Maybe I'm not talking about a four, five year contract, but I feel free. I'm sure they can come to an agreement, a three year contract. And like that's the way I feel, and I'm sure that that's what's going to happen. Whether um whether some people disagree or not, I feel like it's undoubtedly going to happen. Whether it's this summer or in the next few months, I'm sure it'll happen. Julian, yeah, I, I agree with Marco and David. Um. Without a shadow of a doubt, Henderson should be given a contract. Um, even to be honest, um, not obviously give him anything that he wants, but I, I personally think he's built enough credit in the bank to kind of go to FSG and make these demands that he's making. So hopefully it gets sorted out smoothly um, because Henderson is our captain and I can't honestly imagine while he's still playing football, another captain um, another captain at the club um, apart from Henderson. So, ah, yeah, he definitely should definitely get this tied up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting one. It's kind of a we should dive into his terrorist demands, but only to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> with his uh, with, with his recent injury history um, involved in that too. Um, I saw an interesting tweet earlier on today. Um, the account will remain nameless because the tweet's now deleted. But thanks to the magic of technology, it's still available on my phone. Um, so the tweet went, um, reasonable to believe that by the start of the season, Liverpool will have Allison, Trent, Robertson, Van Dijk, Fabinho and Salah guaranteed with new contracts, you know, which is uh, which, which is good. These are all positive things that we all want to happen, retaining your your best assets. Key men among the best in the business, again. I mean, this is this is a perfectly good tweet if you ended it here. Um, but it then further goes on to say, 
a successful group doesn't need new faces. It needs to sustain its old ones. Which brings us back to the lovely conversation that we always have about transfers on Copper and Fracas. And it's a weird one because, uh, as the great Roman Reigns said on SmackDown last week, um, transfers... For some reason, it's 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 like the, it's like missionary position every single night. The same conversation going on and on, and nothing's happening to spice it up or change the tone a little bit. It's the same thing, the same effective conversation that we're having about transfers week in week out. But I'm going to come to our resident. Um, I'm trying to think of the the best way to put this. Skepticist. Oh, skepticist. Oh, you know, yeah, skepticist. yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like that. I was, okay. you Hulk, I was gonna call you Hulk Hogan, but then I remembered that Hulk Hogan did nasty things. So nah. yeah, it's probably, <laughs> <laughs> probably best to swerve that one. Um so Julian, coming from that tweet, and I get what you're trying to say in terms of maintaining that your core group, the essential spine of your team, is together for the long term and is there to propel you to kind of but not, not kind of to secure more trophies in the long run as Liverpool keep evolving and keep um, going into the future. Mm. But to say to not prioritise new faces when we do look at certain aspects of this current squad, it's nothing short of madness, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite insane to be honest. Um, <laughs> I definitely, I definitely get the point of you know maintaining your core. I definitely feel that that's definitely true. I hundred percent agree with that. I have no arguments there, um, but. This goes to show, man, like, you know, uh, a lot of our fans have sipped the FSG Kool-Aid too much. Like, we we um, lap up a lot of the excuses made to not bring in players or for slow transfer activity, you know. Um, this 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 year, probably when, you know, we... I don't know what, how our, our window will end, but I can I can imagine an excuse of, oh, you know, we had to sort out the, the long-term futures of many of our senior players. So that's why... A and B couldn't be signed, or that's why everything had to be executed quite late. Which is personally not not an excuse for me, uh, to be honest. Um, I definitely feel like we're resting on our laurels, and it's and it's not looking good at all. We're showing no intent in the market to bring bring in players. Um, to be honest, um, yeah, and you know, I, I, everyone was Mark is probably making that face because he's one of the guys that believe that you know that we work in some secret MI five sort of operation way of getting players and you know we won't know until you know they tell us on the day but yeah man um doesn't look good doesn't look good it has guys it has guys tweeting like this so it just goes to show that you know we'll lap up anything that they give us you know um ah, a couple ah, you know robo good old lads got signed again so we don't need to sign anyone we, we're keeping the band together so that's what it feels like to me but you know we'll see man we'll see how things end but it's not looking good at all so can I jump in there real quickly? Oh, so just explain course, the face. So I pulled the face for resting on your laurels. I don't think that's what Liverpool are trying to do currently. Um, and that's just based on what we've been fed. There's obviously been news of, oh, you know what, Liverpool can't sign anyone until we shift these players. But there's always been the news of Liverpool and a midfielder to replace Ronaldo, Liverpool and an attacker to just refresh the front line and... <sighs> I don't think they go into the season without getting an attacker. I feel like the midfielder could be done without because they're going to... 
I'm hoping they I don't. I you're working in now, yeah? So, like, oh, like, you know, is I hope they don't. You know, if you can't do it now, might as well do it next season. And then, you know. I do want to ask you guys a question about the midfield, by the way, but I'm, mm. I'm going to save it till after Marcos made his point. Cool. So, I feel like, yeah, between, and I'm, I hate to say this, between Naby, Curtis Jones and Elliot, they're going to try for Genie's numbers. So no, I, agree. I agree. To be honest, they, I should, don't they, want should, that. they should have been doing that though. No, I can't lie. I, I disagree. They should they they, they should have been, been doing that. I feel like KR, especially Jones last season, should have got a lot more games where Genie when Genie wasn't on the pitch. But I get it. The number six was a bit techie. Genie has played quite a few games, but still, man. Um, even against like yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I I I feel like midfield were stacked. They've not been good when they've come on. They've not been given a fair run of games to kind of have a full assessment of them. Even KR, like, you know me, I'm onto his neck, but I can't really say that he's been given a good five games of, of, of football where we can say, where we can make a full assessment of, you know, he, that he doesn't deserve a chance, but his injury record is just the problem. Hmm. So that's what I feel like going to happen. The only reason I don't want that from my point of view is Genie was able to play the six and the eight comfortably. He wasn't the greatest six, but he was still able to do that role for us. And yeah. at that moment, in this moment in time, I feel like we only have one specialized six. We sold Marco Gritch, who could have played in that six role. Thiago can play in that six role, but being that he's always played in a two with the six role, she's always had someone next to him to do a lot of the defensive work. And we've seen him play towards the beginning of the season. I don't really like him in that role. I rather him in the eight where he can pick up and dictate from where he wants to be rather than having to be forced in front of the defensive so in front of defense um especially with the fact that we're going to be playing Konate in a new center back and possibly two people coming back from long-term injuries in van dyke and gomez throughout someone's going to need to be mobile enough to cover them just in case the worst happens um not the worst happens in terms of injuries but in terms of someone just running out of back line you don't want Gomez and Van Dijk sprinting their hardest because they still need a bit of rehab, still need to get back up to speed. So I do want someone that can play the six and the eight. Um, and personally, I feel like I've said my stance. I feel like I want five signings, and I've been saying this from the season ended. I wanted a centre-back, I wanted a backup right-back, which I've been screaming for for some time, or someone that can play right and left-back. Temiskas' pre-season is kind of encouraging me, so I don't want someone to play left-back anymore. Give me a specialised right-back. Um, I don't think Nico is it. I haven't seen too much of Conor Bradley. Um, so I would want someone experienced enough that would be able to take minutes on the bench, take minutes from the bench even. Um, I would want ACM that can play six and eight. Um, ideally, a specialised six, I don't mind. Then I would also want a hybrid of a midfielder and attacker. So maybe an Awar, maybe a Rafina that can play in that inside channel slot and play in the eight and in the number nine. But I don't know if Liverpool are going to give me all five of those. I think they're going to give me three in terms of Konate, a CM, and an attacker. Yeah, you're, 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 not, getting, you're not getting five. You, you are yeah, mad if you it. think you're getting five, by the way. If they give me Mbappe 2022, I'm good, man. I'm good. Just save this money for Mbappe. If that's what you're doing, I'm cool with it. But they told us this last summer. Be Mbappe, bro. Be yeah, they told us this last summer, you know. Last summer, mm -hmm. you know, this summer is going to be the one that they got, they, like, they're moving mad. I can't lie, and the, the the sooner we accept that, the easier the, the blow will be will be to take when you know we are disappointed with um probably one signing 
because they just decided, oh, fuck it. You know, Shakiri's probably going to get sold or something like that. And then let's just sign someone because, you know, we need to sign someone. I'm, I'm, I'm not looking forward to this. It's quite quite sickening, to be honest. Can't lie. FSG, just, they're, they're just dickheads. Um, I don't know the way they operate. Um, you know, they're, they're decent owners. They've done their thing. Yeah, thanks for winning us the league and Premier League and all that. But i got to be honest, man, this is just so demotivating. Like, every single summer, like, nothing happens. And like, and even if it does happen, two weeks, two weeks before the season, really, like we're gonna buy. Um, and if it's and if it's and I've always said if it's someone marquee, I would I wouldn't mind it. Like someone that can honestly, like you know, be a first team star, it'll be great. But let's be honest, so, man. So, 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 Julian, when you say when you say marquee, what what kind of what what, what player are you thinking, name wise? A, a player with Champions League experience, a player who can at least. If they're not in Champions League, you know the, the it, like not saying the lacks of Grealish, but someone that you know you can get from a, from a maybe like a Rafinha or someone like that that you can get, and you can be like, ah, right, if they come into the into the Champions League, they're gonna ball out. Someone you know that's marquee. Um, you know, Rafinha comes to mind. Um, who else? Uh, I mentioned some names like obviously we're not gonna get them, but the level of like you know Dybala, uh, a Felix, or a. Even uh, Martinez that you mentioned earlier, um, even that level, I would love. Um, but are we going to get that? Probably not. Most likely not, to be honest. We're probably going to get someone like Vlahovic. If we even get that and <laughs> Niehaus, maybe, because we were just talking about them today. Like I don't, I don't know. We don't know what's going on. We don't have a Scooby and we're just oh, here chatting shit about players that we don't even know about. Like We don't have a Scooby because... You get no information whatsoever, and it is what it is. This is this is, this is my favorite thing, by the way, um, uh, about the consistent arguments in, in, in the Coffin Group is when Julian tells Mike that he he has no idea about any of these players because it's just the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> it's it's funny because like you know what we, I mean, it's, just, it's, just it's funny stuff. because like we can watch like because I I feel like it, like to, to to expand on that point, yeah, I feel like a lot of fans do this where they get linked with a player and then they start watching them. And then they start making their judgment. Okay, this is how he'll fit into Liverpool because he can do this. Or if or if he's missing a couple of things, Klopp can work on this and that. And then they just say, yeah, we want them. Like, like if, if for example, Mike, and I don't believe he was, by the way, watching the, the Bundesliga and watching Borussia Mönchengladbach Blackback all the, every week and just thought, oh, you know what, this Niehaus brother, yeah, he looks good. Like, every week, um, all season. I'll be like, ah, yeah, fair enough. Um, but I doubt that. I doubt he done the same with Fiorentina. He probably done it when you know we got linked to them, and then he's like, "Ah, oh, you know, yeah, man, let's, yeah, we can do the thing." You know, the Eddie Murphy meme where he's scratching the back of his head, like, "Yeah, we can work with this." So, but no, it's all love, Mike, man. You you know these players. I I, I just don't believe you. Yeah, I, I know Mike was watching one. For, he was he was watching Bundesliga, but not the Bundesliga that we know it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um Dave. <laughs> We've not really, yeah, I was quite nasty with that. So that wasn't. It? Um, <laughs> we've not really had your viewpoint on the transfers on the pod, but I know that you're a man of rational means. You're a calm man. Um, of course, I know you're not expecting big fireworks, but you're expecting key cogs to be put into the Liverpool machine. So let the world know the David stance on the current Liverpool transfer situation because I think it's a really good stance to have. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm di- I'm a bit different to both Julian and Marco. I think Marco is both optim- 
like, I like Marcus. I don't want to call Marco delusional, but I say when he's when he chucked that <laughs> five, honestly, I couldn't stop laughing. That was hilarious. Wait, don't get uh, me wrong, I don't think we're getting five, but that's what I would have wanted. I would have wanted because I think, I think, as look, we need to, I think there needs to be a certain level of objectivity. We need you need to what you need to do is assess like the the nature of the squad right now, and like I think we can we we're, were all in agreement last season that there were three positions that needed that needed to be strengthened as a matter of priority, which was centre back, which which we've done, a forward and a midfielder that can, like Marco said that can play that can primarily play as both a six and an eight just because of the nature of both Henderson and Fabinho's. Like in, injury struggles over the past few seasons, so I and I still feel that Liverpool are more than capable of getting that 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 level of business done just because of the timeless and the transfer window. You're talking about today's the third of August, transfer window closed on the thirty first of August. Um, like there's been a lot of like frantic. I I don't even know like uh, just a lot of anger towards Liverpool over the past. Over the past few weeks in transfer window, just I think a lot of it has been spurred by the fact that we've seen United sign the likes of Varane and Sancho. You see Chelsea get linked to like the Harlan, Lukaku, same with similar to City with Grealish and Kane. But I think if we're all objective, apart from aside from United, no, like none of the teams that would consider our peers and our, our direct rivals have signed anyone that will significantly improve their team. I think if you look if you look across the market. There isn't the there isn't currently the requisite quality that you say, okay, this player is currently available and this player for available and for a gettable price, and he will significantly improve our team. If I, if you like 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 Julian was saying that um, there's no recognized number nine, there's no recognized number nine in world football that you can point out and say, okay, if Liverpool if Liverpool to acquire him, this guy would significantly improve our team. Like my thoughts on Blaovic are well known like. I haven't. I have nothing against the guy. I just feel that with one season of one season goal scoring in, um, in in the back in the bag, you can't. Little, I was so fearful of Liverpool to what splurge sixty seventy million on him on the basis that there's no guarantee that that could be that's replicated. Like for he has all the attributes, but there's no at that age. We, we like like I said previously, we've seen in Italy. Plus of Piatek, Velotti, Baradi, who had crazy breakout seasons and just failed to follow it up. David, can I ask so, you something? Yeah. Um, do, do you actually think it's okay that we have on the 3rd of August that we've signed absolutely nobody, even after the, the season? Uh, absolutely after, nobody, though, by the way. How we signed Canate. nobody? Clearly, Kanate is a local player right now. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Sorry. And, and we, I think we're all in agreement. We're all in agreement. Well, I think, like, at the end of last season, we we're all in agreement that we had one priority position, which was centre back. And we, what by by the end of May, Liverpool had to kill that position. With your, what, I'm sure we will all agree with the top quality, with the top quality prospect. So I feel what I feel now, what I felt Liverpool are doing now, is assessing the market and see. I think there's an issue. Obviously, I think the home the homegrown foreign rule is obviously uh, acting as uh, bro. Acting as a sticking point for Liverpool, is just yeah, it's, of the it's, it's safe. It's safe to say that, that is firmly biting on our ass right now in yeah. terms of the fact that we can't register anyone. And why? Exactly. Why is that a problem? Because we can't shift these guys. We're rejecting. We're rejecting deals. We're trying to find the right price. 
it's all long, bruv. Uh, it's 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 peak, I, man. Like, look, 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 look at how, 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 how we operate has what, what it's done to us. It's bit of something else. If you could have got rid, got rid of Origi last year when Wolves wanted him, that would have been nice. Could have got rid of, rid of Shakiri when, um, actually, not to be fair, he wanted to stay, but I don't know what happened to the bid this season. I mean, there were bids there, Liverpool didn't want to take it. The same with Wilson, the same with a couple of other guys. And look at us now, scrambling, because now Origi and Shaq have spent over a barrel because they don't want to leave. Got their feet up. You know, you would say, look at us. The stepdad and baby boy. <laughs> Headlocking us. We are not ready. Like in the mud. You talk like we're in Arsenal mud. Where no, 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 no. Like, we're, we're not there, bro. We're different levels, man. Like, I can't lie. We're different levels, man. We're different levels to the point where I can, I'm allowed to get pissed off at the fact that it's the 3rd of August and we've signed one centre-back that was meant to be signed last summer. Do you know how nuts that is? Liverpool Football Club, Premier League champions after three, also after three seasons, three summers, sorry, of not of not spending significantly, have made one priority centre-back that we needed last summer their only signing. In, the funny um, the thing is, the centre-back that we should have signed last summer, Bayern did exactly the same thing with Menacano. Upper Menacano, sorry. They wanted to sign him last summer. They weren't able to. They signed him this summer. That's so, good for them, man. Good for them. Nice. But I don't care about buying. Good for them, man. But like, come on, man. Like, let's be serious, bro. Like, let's, let's get into this discussion. Let's have the discussion that we're having on the group chat in this vicinity where viewers can okay. see it. So, I think when you name your strongest side, yeah, there's not too many players available on the market right now for a decent price that will improve our starting eleven. So this is what it all comes down to. Sorry to interrupt you, Arco. So when we're thinking about the players that we need, what would you say the, the players we need realistically are? So for me, when I'm thinking about it, of how we improve this Liverpool season, I think it's players who have the ability to become world-class over the next two to three years um, as the squad evolves. But I also think it's players at this current moment of time who have enough ability, enough aware around about them to put a lot of pressure, and I mean like breathing on guys' necks, to be on the cusp of breaking into the starting eleven. Would you guys agree with my kind of assessment about what we need from the transfer market at this moment in time? Yeah. I don't think we need to bring in anyone that's going to immediately displace somebody in a starting lineup, but is going to put the pressure on. Like you said, I feel like they need to be content with a bench role, but similar to when Yota came in and he said, you know what, I understand I'm going to be behind these guys, but when I get on the pitch, I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to show Klopp why I should be in the starting lineup. I feel like that's the mentality we need across the board with any signing that we get. And finding those players that are going to be happy with a bench role, especially when they're coming from a team where they're starting, because that's what the quality that we're looking at is. Like we're looking at players that, starting week in and week out for their clubs and they're going to have to come and play second fiddle at the moment until they're able to do that breakthrough. Um, I don't think there's a lot of players that are going to be happy with that bench role. I and disagree. that's what I feel like the sticking point is. Yeah, I was going to say, I disagree. I feel like the stature and level that we're at now, there's definitely players, if, we, um, if, we t- if we're honest with them and told them, listen, you know what we are. We know what we're about. We just won the Premier League. We're just won the Champions League. We're having a league coach, a league manager, and you will get your chance if you we you got a whole bench because like come on, we've got the most recognised players in the world. Like no, for example, no. Even there's even some forwards out there that even know like if I go to Liverpool Football Club, 
Um, there's a chance of me winning trophies, but I'm not going to start ahead of even Bobby Firmino because of how much we use him. If we get another winger, they'll know that they're not starting above above Salah or Mane. If we get a DM, they know, they know they're not going to start above Firmino, but what we can <laughs> promise them is trophies. Like We can promise them success here, especially if we get the players of quality. Um, I definitely feel like, um, even to your question about the who can come in and improve our start in 11, I don't think that's what a lot of the people that are getting at um, FSG and our, and our transfer business are getting at. They're getting at the fact that, you know, we've seen what we have when we rely on our backup. It's Origi and Shaq. And we, we, they're not it at all. Like, we need players where they're going to push for the first team. They're going to push for the second team. And I don't want it to be a case of where we, again, have to rely on, um, we have to rely on all of our main players to play 32 games plus in the season just for us to win the league. Like, rinse every single... Even for some, will be 36, 37. Um, just for us to just rinse every bit out of them, we need that. We need that 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 leeway when we had them when Jota came through and was able to start bagging goals in all positions, um, especially even right back. To be honest, I don't I don't want to see Nico Williams, but that's a quality issue. But in terms of midfield, especially DM, I don't want to see Fabinho playing um like 30, 30 or being forced to play thirty plus games because one his legs can't take it. We've seen it already, and two we, he just needs some time off. So yeah, man, like. We definitely need to build on a squad that we that we already have because again, starting eleven with there, but squad wise beyond that starting eleven, you could really say that a lot of teams have us have us uh, have us by the neck. Okay, I want to do a quick retort there. So you mentioned there's a lot of players that would come in and be happy with a bench role. We've seen this with Werner, where Werner said, "You know what? I'm not going to start ahead of Mane, Firmino, Salah." So I'm not going to believe come. that. You believe that? Apparently, apparently. I promise you, I promise you. You know what? I saw these English centre-backs and then I'm not about it. Like, I feel like he has that mentality. I don't think that's a lie at all. No, I, so, I promise you. I promise you. He, he saw a Chelsea offering him 200 grand a week living in London. <laughs> I'm going there. And Liverpool said they, they wasn't going to match the wages. So, you I know understand. I hear you know, I hear it. I feel like that may have been the final issue like this to why he moved but I think the sticking point was I'm not going to start because we were linked way before Chelsea were and I feel like that was a sticking point for him um, I, 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 think even, I think Liverpool pulled out of that one I don't even I, I so, it was also an issue with the release clause as well so because we did want to pay the release clause in full um, <laughs> we wanted to do it in, in installments so yeah <laughs> I'm happy you didn't because as much as I feel yeah, like so, yeah, like, there's other players out there. That my, feel like I was, was gonna say my, my my feelings on the matter are very, <laughs> very. Yeah, clear man, I'm not too. When is not the hill I'm gonna die on, man? Like no. we didn't get him, fuck him, innit? Um, and also quality wise, yeah, I feel like people understate our quality at the moment. I feel like midfield is kind of an issue for us right now. Um, I feel like we've got young emerging talent that is gonna go into midfield in terms of Elliot and Jones, and they're kind of unknown quantities because we haven't really seen. Jones too much in the Premier League. We haven't seen Elliot at all in the Premier League, but those two could have extremely good breakout seasons. Um, I feel like we're going to get our first full season out of Yota barring any injuries, so that magnificently upgrades our squad depth in that area. And in terms of what you said about players playing over 30-plus games, Klopp lacks rhythm. Klopp lacks consistency. He doesn't like chopping and changing his team. Even when Yota was playing well off the bench, he kept Firmino in because he doesn't like chopping and changing. Or oh, I'm assuming that's the reason. I don't know why he would keep Firmino in because fuck. But rhythm is essential. So we are going to have to expect teams to play 30 plus games. So 
members of our teams to play 30 plus games. And I don't have the stats up right now about how many games people play within championship winning teams, but I'm sure it would be about the 27 plus mark. You wouldn't have be able to chop and change too many players within a team and still win the Premier League unless you are of the ilk of City where you have superstars on your bench and you can just chop and change as you wish. I'm sure within the past two, three seasons, um, Fernandinho's played a significant number of games. Last season, Diaz played almost every City game. Bar mm-hmm. maybe. Every, uh, okay. Yeah, you're right. I, I do say that back. Every player needs to play 30-plus games. Um, the, the top dogs need to play 30-plus games. So I'm even thinking of stats like, man, am I playing 35 games and scoring like 32? Like, Top yeah. level, like 28 goals, yeah, I, I definitely do. And players do want to play, they don't really like being rotated too much, as we saw with Marnie towards the end of the season and his little strop of clock. Uh, that was a bit poetic there, but a strop of clock. Um, he people don't like being taken out of the game, and if we are going to bring someone that is going to challenge the front line, we also need to manage the egos of the front line. And Klopp is someone that's really good at doing that, and I feel like that will play a part, it's not going to play a significant part because. Mane, Salah and Firmino don't have the egos of certain superstars at certain teams like PSG and Barcelona's, but it will have some sort of semblance towards them that they want to be the top dog. They want to be able to be a starter of every single game. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. And obviously, we've got 28 days left. I still expect us to grab a player or two. I'm hoping it's two. Oh, yeah, man. I still think we win the league. By the way, <clears throat> just throwing that out there. I'm um, I'm really confident they'll bring they'll bring two in, um, just, just because they they need two. You know, honestly, because I think I think I think five will leave. Um, who those five are is probably going to be some combination of Shakiri, Origi, um, potentially Minamino, Phillips, and one more, uh, potentially Neko Williams. What happens there? Yet to be seen, um, but they're going to need to bring two fairly decent class players in, and they can be ready to hit the ground running when when they are called upon. Because it's the weird thing for me. Like, obviously, I want the players to be in the door and to be able to hit the ground as quick as possible and get a decent preseason in with with the rest of the boys. I mean, I posted a video on the main account today of of, of Kanate, and you can see how he's already got the camaraderie. Com- camaraderie they got there in the end down with the boys and you know he, he's looking to settle down to that system quite quickly and he, he looks like he has um but sorry, Chris, sorry, Chris, I, I quickly wanted to be known that um um they are officially making jokes about liverpool's inactivity in the tr- in the transfer window on love island the commentator is a liverpool fan so he's like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Joke about um, liverpool making no transfers yeah man it's yeah, weird. Yeah. When it comes to me and yeah, we're lifting the title again, wait on us. This is where we are, man. Yeah, man. Liverpool. Liverpool are going to sign someone. If, I think yeah, if everyone takes it back. Yeah. yeah. Situation, Liverpool are going to sign someone. I, what I think Liverpool are doing at this point in time, I think we're just assessing the market. I, in all, in, like, I tweeted a couple of weeks ago, like in Jeff, that uh, Liverpool, like, Liverpool are the kind of club that will sign Griezmann alone. Like in the final week of the season, just because I feel that in the the market we're currently in is a buyer's market, and I feel like the longer time goes on, I think you'll see a lot a lot of teams become desperate to offload players just to like balance just to balance the books. I think like, especially, especially with sorry, 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 cutting David, and especially with 
the financial woes of exactly. a lot of football clubs. Yeah. I think that if you look at Barcelona, if you look at Barcelona especially, we're looking at a situation whereby they've got they've got the Pai, Aguero, Emerson Royale, um, who, who else did it? I think they signed um, Eric Garcia. And yeah, like on the on the quiet, I, I, like barely anyone talking about it right now. But as everyone, as all the players who went on their very professional performance are coming back, Messi's still Messi's still technically unemployed. So Barcelona are going to have to do something about that to create to vacate space for him. And in like in my opinion, there's like, there's a, there's an opportunity to grab like grab someone someone like Griezmann on loan from Barcelona in the final weeks of the season. In the final weeks of the transfer window, do you honestly think that we will do that? I'm not saying I'm not saying we will. I'm just saying that's the kind of I'm mm-hmm. just saying there's a potential to that. I think if you look at what if you look at that like, Arsenal in 14 when they grabbed when they bought Mesut Ozil, I don't think they I don't think anyone in Arsenal went into transfer window saying okay, a um, number one transfer for this summer is Mesut Ozil. Mm-hmm. But as as, as transfer window as transfer window goes on, situations various situations happen, opportunities become available. And players that you 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 can't you couldn't even find them at the start of the window become available, and then you, and then you and then you move. And I feel that what we've seen from Liverpool over the past few years, if Liverpool have, uh, is that Liverpool are very opportunist in transfer market. Like well, we can all debate whether it's worked out or not, but like Minamino, Liverpool, Liverpool went in for him just because of the value of his release clause that's been being ridiculously low at seven million. So, so Liverpool said, okay, that's a tough hit, and let's go. Look, um, you look at look at Thiago. I don't think any what before the before the initial rumors before the initial rumors started. I don't think any local fans saw midfield as a priority last season as a place to get, as a um, as a place to get. And I don't think any local fan envisioned the fact that Thiago could be a local player. But when the but when the transfer window what the transfer window does is create it creates um, situations that no one could even fathom. And Thiago is local player, and I and I still believe there, there's a potential for that kind of thing to happen this summer, whereby so as team try to offload, as team definitely try to offload players. You look at your we're talking about Inter being strapped for cash, whereby Lukaku or Lautaro might leave. You might see you might see Liverpool and you might see Liverpool jumping that conversation. Um, you look you just look across Europe, where various teams outside England. Are strapped to cash, and I still, and I feel Liverpool see might see that as a viable option to move, and that's just my opinion, isn't it? So that's what I'm, that's 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 what I'm, that's what I think. I'm a lot more relaxed than a lot than the rest of you in regards to Liverpool's transfer business, just because I'm confident that Liverpool won't go into the season without strengthening the areas that needed to strengthen that need to be strengthened, especially given the fact that we're talking about money and salary are still going Afcon in. January, so they're going to be missing a crucial part of the season. I don't. I, I think. It, I think Liverpool are not that negligent to allow themselves to be in a situation by they're scrambling for cover in that position. Oh, just like we did in January. You're very yeah. smart, man. David. Just like we did in January. Oh, mad, 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 mad. Yeah. I think the January situation was a peculiar one, just because I think. Liverpool had their ideal centre-back target, which was Canate. And I'm sure, I think, like they were in position whereby they didn't want to, obviously, offload their centre-back. And when and what we've seen, what we've seen previously, with, in, in fact, the centre-back position with Van Dijk, is Liverpool, when Liverpool have, have their eyes on a the target, 
Liverpool don't want Liverpool are not willing to compromise. So what so what they did was they just brought in two two players that they didn't that they didn't see that they don't see a long term that they didn't see a long term future with, and for, uh, to cover short to cover short term problems because we I think we all we all agreed that last season centre back issue wasn't it's not wasn't a long term issue that Liverpool had to address it was just a short term it was just a short term issue that to get us from January to May. And and from there we can we can address it we can address it like we've basically done now. So I, I that's, the, that's like I, like I said I'm not worried. You should I, I don't understand why certain people are worried, but just because we know what we know, Liverpool are not the types of rest on our own, as Julian said. We when when Liverpool are in position to capture when Liverpool see an opportunity, Liverpool strike, and I'm sure we'll do the same again. Spoken like a true company man. <laughs> yeah, I think I think David raised some really good points there. I think it, it, it's a weird one. So I think if you look at it at the moment, obviously Liverpool scout on, on, on a tier based system. So um, you know, the majority of the targets that we've been linked to at the moment for both the attacking and um, midfield positions are kind of category B and to a certain extent category C players. Um, if, if you put Jared Bowen into that equation. Um, so then there might be an opportunity for you know with the financial difficulties that are going on across Europe still that a category A player does become available within the final final two weeks of the market and if a category A, a player does become available Liverpool could have the opportunity to jump in there um, permitting that we've actually got some of the bums off the books which would be fucking nice um, and we can kind of you know, address those needs by hammering on the market inefficiencies, which would be, which would, which would be, you know, which would be fantastic, and it's something that we should be doing anyway. Um, and and the second point is, we don't really do half measures, so we don't. It's very rare that you see us do the loan move or the short term deal that will hold us over for twelve to eighteen months. If Liverpool are going to address something, they look for those kind of really quick. Not even quick. They look for those long-term sustainable solutions in all the positions. So it's going to be someone who's going to be at the club for three to four years, um, and then you know either builds up more resale value or they cannot sell at a net loss. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how how this all kind of comes together because, um, yeah, we we, we need we need two players. Players are going to leave, and we just need to kind of just build that artillery into the system so we can you know when we get to crucial points. Let's say uh, no October November, we've got relevant people who can a come off the bench and do a job, or be re- rotating into the lineups and you know hammer, hit the ground running and start and start hammering to get us out you know a nice ten point, twelve point, fifteen point cushion, which would be nice. Bulldoze it again like we did when we won the league. So um, so yeah, no, it, it's it's gonna be really interesting. Um, preseason, there's not really much to talk about. Um, you know, timeline got a little bit of a nice laugh. For, uh, a man who came back from playing football for the first time in uh, almost 12 months, uh, getting his toe caught in the turf and uh, slipping over a little bit. But, you know, what I didn't notice was the recovery speed still w- was there, which is frightening considering this man uh, tore his ligament in the knee. Um, so, you know, we, you know, he'll be back soon. He'll be back firing, uh, closing down people and knocking people out. Um, but, yeah, um, pre-season's going quite well for the Reds. Um, you know, we've been... Slightly impressed by players such as, you know, players who we didn't really expect much from in, in these kind of preseason cycles. So you know, we look at the Shimakasis as we can kind of all agree we've been we've been really impressed with when he when he's featured. Um, but we're going to close the conversation on one person and one person only. You know, that's Mark's favorite person, 
Um, and that's Nabi Kaita. Julian, me and you had the conversation that last week that we weren't going to buy um, Nav coin um, at the dip. We weren't going to invest. And if we were, we're going to invest a little a bit of amount. Mm. How are you feeling now about it? Because I'm not going to lie. I'm thinking if this brother can put, a, and it's a big if, it's a big mm. if, if you can put a five game run together. Ooh. You know what? I think I have to watch uh, the market when we uh, play against Norwich and see how that how that how that stock is affected on that day. Uh, you know, when the market opens um, on the Premier League, if he if he starts against Norwich, we'll, we'll, we'll assess we'll assess that stock and uh, we'll see we'll see what we can. But no, he looked good, man. Looked good. He actually recovered and started an attack, and he looked sharp. He looked like the most sharp I've actually seen him at Liverpool. But again. That could be because he's playing 45 minutes and he's playing against guys that are also um, in preseason. So we'll see what he has when the tempo is um, a much, much higher, when the stakes are much higher and, you know, teams are have a low block and stuff like that. We'll see, man. But it's looking good. It's looking good. Let's just hope that, again, we can get five games out of him in a row. Dave, I know you've been watching um, preseason quite intently, quite closely. Have you been impressed? And are you starting to drink the Kool Aid? With, with Nabi, I've always been, I've always been a fan. So, <laughs> but I, I, whether it's the well, I'm buying the dip. I'm buying. I'm buying when it's when the stock is high. With Nabi, I think I, like like everyone like everyone knows the issue with him is injury. I feel what I feel what he's done. What what we've seen this season is him show like a willingness to be a little bit more a bit more robust. So like when you so like he's uh, going to going to, uh, to into challenges a lot more forceful and coming out on top and even um, um even when he loses out on challenge you see him work his socks off to get back like he I think the only like obviously he the pace the lack of pace is still uh semblance of an issue but the quality on the board the quality on board is irrefutable like is you can't you can't argue against it like the pass to Salah for the goal against was it who was it against um, Berlin. Berlin. Yeah. That like you that that kind of quality that kind of quality is, is rare, that kind of quality to win the ball back and manage to execute the pass in that in that fashion. It's rare to see around Europe. So actually, I was gonna say it's actually weird how with Nabi, like you mentioned, he actually rarely has a bad game. Like a bad, bad game. That's exactly it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you look at I think if you look at last season he started. What a lot of people tend to forget is he started the season. He started the season in the team, and he started the season fairly well. The issue started was really well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the issue was we the Villa game. Basically, he had, he had a poor game, but you're talking you're talking about nine like nine nine others also had a poor game in there. Also had a poor game. So and I, he he just happened to be the scape. He just happened to be the scapegoat, and Liverpool Liverpool just happened to have um, Jordan Henderson. Ready and waiting to come to come and replace him in the team. So I feel with 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 Navi, there's no there's not an issue with the quality. It's just that if we if we can find a way to get him a consistent run in the team, given the number of options we have, I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll flourish. And that, that's I think that's just been the, I think that's been the case for the past season or season or two, whereby he just need, we just need to find a way to get him a get him a consistent run in the team and. And show and not just not just getting a consistent run. There needs to be like a willingness to show like show that we're confident in his ability, so that if even if he if he, even if he were to have a poor game, 
it's not okay. You've had a poor game. You're out. You won't see you for the next month or so. It's okay. You've had a poor game. You take we take the L. You move on. You're back in the team the following week. I think and I think that's what we need to do. I think that's what needs to happen with Naby in order to, for us to get the Naby that we paid what fifty plus million for. I forgot it was that much money to be fair. Um, <laughs> for now, um, I, I completely agree. And when you do look at him play, he's very much a rhythm player. But the thing about being a rhythm player is you have to get in a rhythm to be able to, you know, be a rhythm player. And unfortunately, during his Liverpool tenure, he's, he's failed to do that. Mark, last but not least. Yeah, let's end it on a light note, man. Now Queen's <laughs> playing up. Stocks appreciated. Balance sheet's looking healthy. But let's see what happens when. The bailiffs will start knocking and they start coming back for their debts and we need to start paying back. Naby has always been a talented player, like David has said. Um, I feel like he is amazingly gifted on the ball and I feel like in the midfield of Naby, Thiago and Fabinho, we have an extremely technical midfield that should be able to break down more slow blocks. Um, the thing with Naby is, again, it's that confidence in terms of when he does have a setback, he doesn't seem to bounce back straight away. And part of it is the fact that he's taken out the team and he escaped goaded. And part of it is he hasn't been the most robust. So when he does come back from injury, he can't hit the ground running all the time. Um, like you mentioned, Chris, he is a rhythm player and he needs to get a consistent run of games together to display his best ability. So I'm hoping in the time period that, especially towards the front of the season, when people are still getting fit, he'll be able to get that 60-minute run in five different games or maybe even a 90-minute run in a couple games. Um, notably in not the Hertha Berlin match, the game before that, he was one of, I believe, five players that got 60 minutes. I think it was him, Mo Salah, James Milner and Mane. I don't know who the other player was at, off the top of my head, but um, those five players got 60 minutes. And maybe that's Klopp alluding to the fact that he wants Naby to get as fit as possible coming into the start of the season, um, just get him as many minutes as possible in pre-season so he is ready to hit the ground running. Um, Norwich will be a great, great chance for him to display all his talent because they're going to come out and play. They are championship-level side. He should be able to eat them alive quality-wise. And having Thiago, I'm guessing, Yotta, Salah and Mane in front of him, he's already built up a relationship with Salah, built up a relationship with Mane, I want to see a bit more from that Yotta relationship. Obviously, he hasn't had a chance to play with Yotta too much, being that it was Yotta's first season he was injured and Naby's consistently in and off the treatment bench. But it'll be nice to see him develop that relationship a bit more because I feel like Naby's a ridiculous playmaker on his day. He's able to see passes that we wouldn't even imagine. I'm just thinking back to, I believe, the Villa game where he threaded the needle for Mane's goal and he literally slipped it like ridiculously between players and not many people can do that not many people in the present day and age are able to beat a man off the dribble all the time like every single time he looks like he's running at his man i can tell he has a beating of his man he doesn't even need to do too much it's a step over a quick shimmy he's gone and he's not the fastest so how can he consistently do that it's just the talent has always been there for him um so yeah let's see what really happens with Nabcoin. i Wanted to sell stocks and I was crying in the group because Naby was disappointing me. But bro, there was no, there was no. I wanted to sell stocks. You were yeah. fully cashed out, man. Well, I couldn't find any buyers for the Nab coin, and unfortunately, <laughs> I had to hold it. So now, I'm happy I retained it. Obviously, the Bitcoin bubble burst, the Naby bubble burst, 
and now Bitcoin's on its way up. Hopefully, Nabcoin can be on its way up too. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, and again, this is why preseason is so important um, for him and for Oxley Chamberlain. This is the first time in a while that you see both of them kind of have this time where they've gone uninterrupted again, touch wood from injuries, and they're kind of getting that t- team to get their bodies into room, to get their get their feet into room, to get in the room with the team, so they can contribute. Um, you know big big roles next season i'm you know cautiously expecting a lot of them a lot from both of them in all honesty uh, going to next season and i think the, the key thing with nabby as well it looks like he's kind of got that trust within his body now from the way he's been playing um he's a lot more aggressive in how he's playing and using his body a lot more as well to kind of go into tackles and shield the ball which is something you kind of saw him shy away from uh, in previous seasons just because of the concerns you know with his injuries um and the fact that a lot of people think he's made from crisps um but yeah this has been an episode of copper fracas thank you so much for tuning in this week um it's gonna be really interesting uh from now to the end of the transfer window will it be um the fsg out crowd the nwo will they be victorious towards the end of the window or will the company men evolution will there be a line in the sand um, and will they see their day when Vlahovic and Neuhaus join them for um, again thank you very much for tuning in, tuning in I've been your host Chris I've been joined by Mark David and Ju- Julian Julian's there on the video there he is around the corner um, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week peace Network.